0: Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Dealing with Difficult People. I think we can all relate to that one, right? So let's get into it today, guys, because I think you're going to be surprised by a couple of the things I have to say. Okay, so let's face it. It's really difficult to stay in this positive frame of mind that I'm always talking about and how mindset drives everything in life when there are difficult people around us that just keep throwing us off our game. And this has been a struggle for me in the last couple weeks where I was not myself. I was struggling just to stay in my usual sort of just like I would wake up like on the right side of the bed. It was going to be a good day, you know? And then I would just not be able to hold it there. It was like I was trying so hard and the trying, of course, is just going to bring you more effort and trying in your life. But I was having a struggle with it and I felt like it was everyone else's influence around me. And we just can't blame other people. This is the part that's really, really interesting here. So, yeah, there's always going to be difficult people. There are always going to be, you know, just somebody throwing stones (laughs) you know you're trying to create this perfect still water and somebody's tossing these boulders sometimes over the cliff and it's like really I just got the water so calm so it's hard and it's really hard to not then go into the blame game or the anger mode or drop into some of the very lowest vibrational energies you can be in and throw off the rest of your week like forget like of the next few minutes you can get into a tailspin that sometimes is just hard to dig out of. So my oldest son, I love him to death. Let me just start by saying this kid has a heart of gold. His intentions are always in the best place. His mind is also on a different planet like 99% of the time. Now I'm hoping this is age phase and all that stuff. I mean, it could be from an old injury. There's a lot of potential contributing things here. Let's just say we're entering teenagehood, there's a lot going on. But <laughs> my frustration level with it, it gets like to the point where you feel like you're in a room just yelling at a wall because truly there's nobody receiving the message and you're saying all the right things. And so recently I've been giving these big speeches, you know, trying to really hit deep and like, let's have a deep talk. And then Within seconds, I'm seeing the same behavior and really no change. So then I'm starting to get teacher messages saying the very same thing. Like, I've talked to them and it's a, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I know. And then no change in behavior. And... (laughs) And then I'm watching him in his basketball practices, again, the coach is giving the same speech I gave and then me not seeing the changes, but he gets it and he wants it and he's trying, but the connection. And so sometimes that is just so frustrating to watch because it's like, okay, I literally just told you, make sure that clothes goes in the hamper. And I'm watching him strip down and drop it right there at his feet as he's saying, yep, okay, I will. I mean it would take a saint to be able to just smile and like be good with it and not have it bother them a little bit. I have tried everything I can think of to just let this behavior just kind of roll and know it's just you know a, a time in life that will pass. But oh my heart is just like I feel defeated. That's the energy that I'm carrying. So I, first it was anger. I think I went through that phase for quite a, a bit, but, but definitely right now in a little state of defeat. However, I have found my way back to the light and I want to inspire you guys to do the same. So when people just, it's that thing, right? Everybody's got something that just kind of rubs them the wrong way when somebody does it, or is just like, can kind of feel like fingernails on a chalkboard to your whole inner, energy. (laughs) And so it's sort of like, how do we create a barrier around that? That's one way to look at it. Now here's a suggestion that I'm not sure if anybody's ever told you before, but this is the hard hitting, like, I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm not going to baby you on this one. This is the real truth of the matter. We have in our lives what we are, right? So life is like a big giant mirror and it reflects back to us what we are. So this really does piss off a lot of people because let's be clear here. We believe that we're acting in our best, you know, version of ourselves. And we don't believe that we're like slackers or tired or not good listeners or all these things, right? Like, it's like, no, I haven't brought that into my life. But guess what? I have. It can only be there if I'm putting it out for, some, for it to be attracted to me. And so I had to kind of like... Swallow my pride a little bit on this one and really look internally and be like, why? Because I'm somebody who's the exact opposite, like overly prepared, always early, always like so on top of just making sure that I'm presenting myself the right way, I guess. Like if I had a class, in other words, I made sure I had all my homework in the right place. The papers were flat and neat so they weren't getting crinkled up in my bag. Like I wanted to... Achieve. I'm like a big achieve girl. I wanted to make sure that I was getting an A or whatever, you know, like I was working for all those little accolades, I guess. And so when I watch my son, who's kind of like flippant about it all and just like, whatever, you know, he, want, he wants to do well. But just because he wants to get through the grade to the next grade, he doesn't really care about people's opinion of him, which is beautiful. Um, and I do have to just continually embrace that aspect that he doesn't care about people's opinion of him (laughs) because there is some, you know, shiny parts to this. (laughs) If you can really find them and just have gratitude for those little nuggets, they'll grow. But anyway, yeah. So he doesn't care about anybody's opinion. So we couldn't be more polar opposites. So I'm, I'm digging here. I'm like, how am I attracting this to myself? It's the response to it that I could then see the, the mirror. So when he acts that way, He starts trying to explain away like his behavior and I immediately shut him out and don't listen. So think on that for just a second. Like the second he starts to go into like defense mode around his behavior, I have blocked him out. I'm not hearing a word he's saying. So I'm not making eye contact with him. I'm literally like back to him and blocking him from like my energy space. I don't want him around me. I am like ticked off. Right. So in a sense, I am not listening to things I don't want to hear. And what am I getting in my life? A kid who is not listening to things he doesn't want to hear. So while, yeah, I do listen to an adult talking to me in a classroom setting and and I take diligent notes and I stay organized and he doesn't do those things, you can still see where I am getting a mirrored behavior to something that I am attracting into my own world. So as much as I want to hate it and be like, no, I'm not like him at all. I am. So his disorganization, another great example of that. Um, as much as I am organized for a classroom setting, you should see what my, you know, bar at my house looks like right now. It's got, you know, bills. It's got paperwork that kids have brought home from school. I haven't had a chance to go through. It's a mess. There's no, it's just total chaos. I haven't had the time. I haven't had the interest to go through it. <laughs> None of it. So, yeah, I um, maybe in I'm choosing when I am wanting to stay organized. And he does the same thing, you know, I mean, while his backpack and his binder for school look like a car ran over them, he is very organized in certain aspects that he cares about. If you look at his basketball card collection, oh my gosh, he has them organized by, I mean, he even has them organized according to some of the statistics some of the players have. It's unbelievable. He cares about it. He does not care about being organized and presenting himself in a way in a classroom. So it's just that, you know, sometimes you think that something couldn't be so much like, how do I have this as my child when I am so not this? But sometimes you got to look just a little bit differently at it. Sometimes it's not a consistent pattern or behavior in your life, but you might actually be reflecting out exactly what you're seeing back. So start hunting. Like, look for the ways in which, if you have someone in your life that's irritating the heck out of you, instead of the finger-pointing blame game, because we all want to be the victim, right? I mean, like, this person is causing this, and I was in such a good mental state this morning. It's all their fault. But maybe it's not. Maybe, just maybe, we could instead spend that time, and this will keep us out of the anger mode anyway, because instead of our mind going, oh, it's their fault, this is a problem, our minds are going to be going, huh, what do I do in my life that would attract this to me? What am I, what am I casting out? Like, <laughs> I'm getting a fishing analogy in my brain here, but like, what am I casting out that is bringing this back to me? So when I release it with all of the times that I get frustrated, I can see it. I mean, I get mad at drivers who don't pay attention to the rules and yeah. I do not follow the rules in many ways in my life. Like, I think I my speed limit, I'm not even going to say it on here because they'd probably come to my house and arrest me. I was driving so fast on the interstate last night. I was just mentally thinking about other things and frustrated with my kid. And, like, yeah, I just kind of out the window with those rules. <laughs> I'm just driving. I was plenty safe in my own mind. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there are places in which I'm breaking the rules and not following things. And so just... Like maybe just sit with pen and paper and really analyze yourself a little bit. If there's something in your life you wish you could just avoid, get rid of, and not have to deal with a person and experience, like look for a way in which it is in you. Like it's hard. I know this is hard. And it's also hard to have somebody telling you you're the problem. (laughs) I mean, I could sugarcoat the heck out of this topic today, but I'm not going to. The reality is we can affect other people by our own actions. And I'm not saying like, okay, so now Steve over there is no longer going to do that annoying habit that drives you crazy. It's not that. But if you can alter, like look at yourself, are there behaviors you have that might drive other people crazy? What has anybody ever said to you? Like anything you do, like, oh, you got to stop biting your fingers or... Like, whatever it is, like there might be a little habit, like, why do you always do that? And they say it in a way where it's not really telling you you're doing something wrong, but they might question you or like kind of look at you sideways or, you know, anytime you've ever been like doing something that might be bothering somebody else, right? Think of those things, get really deep with it. And then when you adjust that, you'll have less people like Steve that are around you is what happens. It doesn't mean Steve's gonna change his ways. Steve will probably always have the same annoying habit he just won't be magnetically attracted to your space. You might find that he gets transferred to a different department. You might find that all of a sudden he gets some new job at another company. You might find that like he just doesn't want to be in your peripheral. He's just spending less minutes of the day in your area smacking his gum or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. Like You'll find like a buffer, a little barrier from the people that do these things. And so that's how you can affect it. You're not actually changing the other person. And if in your mind you're trying to change somebody right now, I mean, it's time to stop. (laughs) Let's get in recovery a little bit here. Our job is not to change other people's way of being. If they're not for you, they're not for you. And that's something that's a tough love thing as well. You might just have to move on from people. You know, I had people that they served a purpose and a time in my life, but then it's like, I don't know if I outgrew them. They outgrew me. We just grew apart. But there's times when, you know, their behaviors don't bother you. And there might be times where everything about them rubs you the wrong way. You know, I can't believe they never get back to me. I'm a better friend than they are. I'm always supporting them through their stuff, but they're never there when I need them. Don't be mad at them. They're living their life. You know, they are who they are. And it's your choice to either support them through their stuff or to not and it's not to say you have to be a bad friend and then, you know, it's not that at all. It's just like where you're going to put your time and energy is your choice. So, don't put so much time and energy into the people who don't reciprocate. That's, you know what I'm saying? So, and when you become clean about it, like you're good with it, like whatever, I've just I'm going to be me, do me, not respond so much when you're being needy or whatever. Then you'll find other people who are less needy being so attracted to, and your schedule will suddenly fill up with other people who are very good in their own skin. So that's what's awesome about this, is that you end up becoming a magnet to exactly what you want and sort of like repelling away all these energies you don't want. So I know what some of you are thinking because I know, I mean, my mind goes here too, is what about the people that you can't just get away from, right? Your kids, your husband, your wife, your you know, mother or whatever it is. I mean, there are some people that are just in your life. So what about those relationships? Well, again, I come back to I am being shown the side of my son that is irritating to me because I am presenting him with that irritating thing, right? So it's not as though his personality will change overnight because I am now in a better space of like being less reactive or being more organized and cleaning up my bar is not going to make him clean his backpack, But, well, it might actually. He might actually get inspired by watching me do that. He is, after all, you know, my kid, so he might, you know, see that, like how it feels when it's neat and orderly. I don't know. But so that's possible. But also, I think we need to realize it just brings the best out of those around us right? So you will bring the qualities of them that are wonderful, which obviously they have, and that's why you love them. And that's why if it's your husband, wife, of course, that's how you became attracted to them in the first place. They have redeeming qualities still inside them. Believe this, okay? Even people that drive you the craziest, they're wonderful. You know they are. That's why you love them, brought them into your world. You know, that's that. So you just got to like put your best foot forward in every circumstance you know really keep trying and working at it and doing self-growth and then the better you get with yourself then the easier it will be to stay in that good energy and vibration you've created all day long because you don't have that you know like the magnetic pull to those bad qualities in the person coming towards you They might still show them to others but you don't want them showing them to you right you don't want it messing up your whole good vibration you're in starting off your day with the right foot forward you're in a great space and then little timmy's dropping his clothes on the floor right in front of you you want to be in a place where when you see your kid that they pop out of bed on time for once because you've been on time lately and early and so you're seeing when he's at his best Now, the teacher might very well still say, hey, he showed up late to class. He might still have that quality about him, but it likely won't show up in your daily experience. Um, And also, I do think it will start to rub off and, you know, (laughs) I hope anyway. So that is my my whole, I don't know, goal here with my kids is to just keep one um, showing them the type of person I want them to be by being that person. At least this is the goal. (laughs) Trust me. I falter a lot on this one. The last few days, I think my neighbors are probably calling the authorities on me because I feel like I'm screaming all the time. And that is not in my nature. So it's bringing out the worst in me. It's obviously in me. It's in there somewhere. And it doesn't, it's like lately, that's the side that I'm putting out there. So guess what? Here's the real kicker in this whole thing is like my anger lately is bringing in more circumstances for me to be angry about. Oh, and so then it's that vicious cycle of like, why does this stuff keep happening to me? Well, it's because you're putting it out, you're getting it. You're putting it out, you're getting it. It's this reciprocal nature, like picture that infinity sign. It's going, it's coming. It's a good flow. You're in a great flow. (laughs) Try to get in that flow with a good thing, you know, get rid of the anger, you know, that keeps sort of coming and going, waxing and waning. Like we don't want to receive and give and receive and give anger. But we do want to receive and give and receive and give love, joy, you know, all that stuff. So whatever it is, gratitude, do that. And then you're going to be able to find like, wow, look at this. I'm getting as much as I'm putting out there. And it will happen. Honestly, you could even like scale this. this is, I love to do little like, you know, zero to 10 scales. Okay, right now, like I'm receiving like in a day, like five out of 10 in terms of people being grateful for what I'm doing. I'm just making numbers up here, but like let's say you feel like you're at a 5 out of 10. Half the time, people notice and are, give, are grateful for what you do. Half the time, no one even sees it, and you're feeling like you're not getting any. So then up your giving of gratitude. All of a sudden, in a day, be so over-the-top grateful for every little thing. Your feet hitting the floor, the strength in your legs to support you. The beautiful sun is out. You know, the warmth on my face when I feel it when I step out the door. Ooh, this nice sweater that I can afford and that feels so good on me. You know, my kids got out of bed on time. I'm gr- just be grateful, 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 like over the top. And then re-rate it. You know, halfway through your day and say, what number am I at now? Wow, I actually think I'm at like an eight. See if we can amp it up a little more. You know what I mean? Like play with it a little bit. Also, see if you can do the other way around. Make maybe see where's my anger been. Like when I wake up in the morning, am I already at like a three? <laughs> Nothing's even happened and I'm already a little angry. Or, you know, where's your number at? And then see if you can sort of reduce that, too, as as the gratitude gets up and as you respond less angrily to these little things happening, what feel like to you, but really are happening for you as experiences to lo- to um, learn and grow from, you know, but as these things are happening, as you don't react You'll notice like one you're going to notice that anger number doesn't climb throughout the day, which previously like if you just track it for a day, you'll probably see that it does wax and wane and you know, it goes up quite a bit as the day progresses, as things happen around you. So yeah, if you monitor that number, I mean, you're in a good place if you can just keep it where it is, but even better, if you can reduce it by upping all the good stuff, you know, and that's how it works. Your cup can only hold so much. So if you fill it up with all the good stuff, there's just not enough room for all these bad experiences or, you know, call it what you want, bad people around you. (laughs) I really don't think that's a thing though. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll get into more of it after that. As many of you know, I have a free Facebook group that uh, is private, but I offer to the community where I do some free coaching around the area of soul crushing grief. Um, I like to talk about what's going on, why it's happening, all those things in there. And then within my clients only group, we really get into the how do we get around some of these things that come up. So I absolutely love that group. There's so much to be gained in there. And what is a beautiful thing to watch is I like to keep the numbers low because I like to be able to provide like a high level of help in there and be available to all of the members. And the beautiful thing is that people heal. And so as people start to feel better inside there, sometimes the door can open. You know, there's more space available currently because I've had some members that are feeling really good and have been able to step out and feel like they're ready to do it on their own, which is a beautiful thing to see so for only 33 dollars a month and you can come and go as you please um, you have that access to our community where every week i'm doing live coaching as well as posts that are answering all of the members questions on how i'm doing different aspects of grief how they can get around things that have just been really hard to try to go at alone so Anyway, if that interests you, I will drop the link in today's podcast description, so head over there if that's something that you want to learn more about. All right, guys, back to the show. So life experiences will hand us all kinds of different things, and what's very interesting about that is that our past is sort of painting who we are in our present. So if every time you've had something happen time and time again, like, okay, let me give an example... That every time it's a holiday, it's been super hard. And, um, and then when the next holiday rolls around, you're just like looking for where is it going to be hard? You're looking for the evidence. Here's the thing, guys. If we have expectations, and this is not a new topic in my podcast. If you have an expectation of something to turn out a certain way it will happen for you. The universe will happily provide that for you. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, you want this to be terrible? Here you go. And that sounds again, a bit like I'm saying, hey, this is on you. And, And in a sense, it is. It's like we are painting our own picture. And whether it's our past experiences, maybe we didn't have control over that, but we have it in our subconscious now in our makeup. And so making sure that we're not acting on a program, you know, an expectation on a, oh, this is how it always is. Therefore it will be, you know, I was just listening to a relationship expert. I thought this was really interesting. who was talking on this very thing that many times in a relationship where people attempt uh, and then fail, like let's say it was like a really bad relationship they were in. They then go into their very next fresh relationship that they start off all optimistic and excited about, immediately expecting the same outcome so they're automatically looking for this next person to show them reasons for them not to trust them reasons for them to be unstable or too clingy reasons for them you know what i mean like it's like that the deck is stacked against you if you're the next one coming in after a bad relationship so same is true here like this is this is a very very similar thing where if we start to look for it yeah, you will find evidence to back you up. Sure, if you want to be right, go on, keep being right. Or if you want to be healed and in a better place and in a loving relationship or in a, you know, an ang- a non-angry state, then you have to change what you're doing. You know, you can't just go into it and go, "Well, here comes Sarah. She's always crazy. She's always bringing all this drama." All right. You just attracted that to you first thing that's going to come to her mind to share with you when she sees you is all her drama, all her, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, if you want to see the best in people, start to expect that. I mean, I'd rather have high expectations and get a little let down than to just expect the worst and then have like God happily hand that to me. You know, it's like at least I have a, a shot when I come at it with a great expectation and then sure, sometimes people will let you down. That can still happen. But you do give yourself like a buffer, a little protection barrier when you are good energy and you are in a positive expectation and space. So as soon as Sarah starts to walk over and sorry, by the way, I have so many good friends, Sarah. They're all wonderful. So (laughs) poor Sarah. (laughs) As this Sarah is walking towards you. If you can be grateful for this friend, Sarah, and how wonderful of a listener she is and, you know, how much you guys love connecting on, um, I don't know, basket weaving or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think I know a basket weaver. I think that was the class in college that most of, the, like, the business and physical therapy students, like, pretty much every um single student took as like the sort of like the kids that were very non-artistic but needed a, a, a credit. <laughs> they took it because like everybody could manage trying to basket weave. How hilarious is that? Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, the funny things that we say sometimes. All right. So anyway, so as Sarah's approaching, maybe you get into basket weaving mode in your mind and like be happy to see her because you're going to be able to tell her about this amazing <laughs> basket you just made. Why did I go down this path? Oh, guys. (laughs) Well, Anyway, okay. So, yeah, you're excited to talk about your baskets. And and you're really, like, happy that you're going to be able to tell her everything because she's such a great listener. And you're expecting it to be a great conversation. You'll probably get that, you know, because your energy is, like, happy to see her in a good vibe. What person walks up to somebody who's, like, high energy, great vibe and wanting to talk about their passion and all of a sudden is like, Oh my gosh, did you see Tina today? She was wearing this shirt or whatever, which I can't even. That's like so repelling to my personality when that stuff comes anyway. I'm like, oh, you know what? Hang on, I got to run and grab something in my car. (laughs) I don't even want to be a part of this. Like I laughed so hard last night in my kids' basketball practice because this other mom and I were just like connecting on, and of all things, it was connecting on the struggle, but we weren't complaining about it. We were laughing at the experience of just how like, crazy at times things are that are so out of our control, and all you can do is just sign kind a of laugh at it, and, and we were able to laugh together over it because we had the shared experience, and my point is just that this. We could have been sitting there griping over like, oh, I know, my kid does that too, Ugh, and just be like, complain, complain. Instead, we laughed our butts off to the point of just about tears at how many hilarious stories that we really had about... Like, the kids we're raising, and by the way, our wonderful children, like, her kids are wonderful. I believe my kids are wonderful. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, we're laughing our butts off at just the, the irony, the funny moments, the funny things they say, the, you know, <laughs> the attitudes, all of it. But we were just light and fun. So even somebody who might be a typical complainer, if you're in that, like, jovial, happy, like, ready to just like have a laugh with you, have a talk about something we love. It is really hard for them to go into like, you know, gossip, complain mode, griping or whatever, even if that is in their nature and that's their typical go-to. And what's going to end up happening, they're going to love the feeling they have when they're in conversation with you because it's going to feel better than when they're talking to like, you know, Donna, who's over there complaining along with them and they're in a very negative vibration of complaining about their kids and their whatever. And so when they're around you, it's going to be lighthearted and feel good. And people will start to get attracted to that energy and vibration. And before you know it, people are going to be coming out of the woodwork to want to hang around you, but in a great way. They're not bringing their baggage to complain to because you're not that girl. (laughs) You're not that friend, right? They'll save that probably still for the other friend who's happy to complain with, the Donnas. Sorry, Donnas. (laughs) I don't actually know many Donnas, so I figured that was a safe name. But uh, yeah, so you get where I'm going with this, right? Um, You're not going to change a person. I'm not changing their personality. They still have all that griping inside them. I'm bringing out the beautiful light part of them that maybe they've lost touch with, that wants to laugh, that wants to talk about positive things and passions that they enjoy. And so when you start bringing out the best in other people, it is amazing how you feel like you're just all of a sudden everybody's so positive around me. Really? Because I know that that person still would really love to be complaining right now. It's you. It's your energy. Like Give yourself some credit. I have, like, an energy addiction these days. I have some friends who think it's really kind of, like, funny. But if somebody's good energy, I am like, let me into your, like, space. I want to be around you a lot. And then the people who are really, like, just, mm, you know... I know, you know, (laughs) well, it's hard. It's hard to be around that. And some of the people who are high energy have fallen off their little pedestal from time to time, right? You can't be in a high energy all the time. People go through stress and stuff in their life. I don't cut these people out. I give them their space when they're in that, you know, mindset. And then, you know, maybe when you're in a better energy, feeling good again, and things are better, then it's going to feel good again. And then we'll spend more time together. Now this is not to say I'm cutting my friends off when they're at their lows. I don't do that and I don't suggest you do that either because a good friend can hear it. Here's the difference. I can hear people's complaints. I can try to help them try to offer, you know, whatever I can out of my toolbox to help whether it's just a listening ear or, you know, a little assistance or if I can pick up your kids or like, can I grab you food at the store? Like, what can I do to help? But it doesn't mean that I sit and I complain and, yeah, that's awful. I can't believe that happened to you. That's the worst. No, I'm not going to, like, no misery loves company, like, joining in on your complain session. I can be the sounding board and hear it and still say real, real clean with my own good energy. And then what happens is I'm going to probably bring them into a better space. And that's what you want to do for your friends is stay strong in your good energy instead of dropping to where they're at that day and then when you're able to sort of stay there and not be affected by what they're saying and have it bring you to a negative place then they'll start feeling like oh this is thank you i needed this conversation i feel so much better now and that's how you want to leave it anyway you don't want to sit there and, and commiserate together and then eh. have you ever walked away from a conversation like that by the way Like somebody who's like really complaining about something and somehow you get sucked down the like jumping in with them on it. And you're like, how did I even start complaining? This doesn't really even bother me. But by the end of the conversation, it's like, you just feel icky. I've sat there before and just been like, like, I just feel like I was talking about somebody or I was complaining about somebody or that is the worst feeling in the world. So just protect yourself from that. You know, you want to be left with a feeling of like, that was uplifting That was good. And of course, we can still always talk about hard stuff. It's important that we do. We process it. We get it out. We talk to our friends about it. But it's, you know, and it's not, it doesn't mean you have to offer solutions and try to be the upbeat person when they're just really needing an ear. Sometimes it's just sitting in silence. And I suggest this, like I have a lot of people who are trying to support their friends and family through hard grief. And they ask me all the time, what can I do? because I figure I you know I would know so my best advice is what my actual group is my client only group is called lost just sucks grief doesn't have to keep that in your mind because yeah losing somebody does suck so think about the worst possible thing that can happen so somebody's sitting there telling you all this terrible stuff you don't want to have to be like, Oh, well, you know, just give it time. It'll get better. Or maybe if you just go out and kind of distract yourself with some friends, it's good for you to get out and get some fresh air, go for a walk. No one wants to hear that. And that is a hard thing to tell people because so many people are like, well, that's what I always tell people. I'm trying to be uplifting and positive. When somebody's really in heavy grief or having a really hard time in their life, put yourself in their shoes. What do you want to hear? Do you want somebody to try to tell you how to make it better? Not really. Most often, we just want someone to go, "Yeah, that sucks," <laughs> and those people are my people. And I think many of the members of my group agree. The people that just agree, this is unfair. It does stink, and just listen. Doesn't mean you're sitting there commiserating, getting low, whatever. You're just like, "Yep, you can agree with them." Like, it is, it is awful. I that is not fair that anybody should have to have that happen to them and that's enough. And you just listen. You don't let them drag you down into the, you know, ditches with the with them and and like get stuck into this bad energy day. You let them get it off their chest, you agree it's the worst. And then from there, oftentimes it's like they feel like this pressure off their chest. They they were just able to complain to somebody who didn't try to argue or come up with a positive side of the, you know, Don't bring me back to the light right now. Just allow me to vent this out. This is me hitting my release valve. You're my friend that I trust and I'm getting it out. I actually feel a lot better now. Thank you for listening. And then often the conversation can be different or, you know, you you can ask. You can say, you know, how can I support you? Or like, what do you need? Or, you know, would it be helpful for us to go out and have dinner or like anything? I mean, you can ask. That doesn't hurt don't tell them we should go out and get dinner let's do this next week don't don't jump in and tell them what they need and shove it down their throat but offer it and you can be like you know i really don't i can't even imagine i can't imagine is there anything i can do <laughs> it's amazing how the fewer words you say sometimes carry the best impact and weight for a friend Because when I tell this stuff, often people are like, oh, so I just need to cut. Oh, I'm cutting out all the bad, toxic people out of my life, and then I'm just going to feel better. Most people don't feel better when they cut friends out of their life, even if they're the toxic friends or the bad relationships. It's usually like, like, let's get it to a good space where we're at least, you know, we're on good terms. We don't need to be nasty. We don't need to say to people like... You know, I'm, like, in a really good energy today. I'm, I'm not up for it, <laughs> like, or whatever. Or just be rude and ghost people. Like, it's better off when you just communicate because most people are just really understanding, I feel like, when they know what's going on. And when you don't know what's going on, then, yeah, sometimes it can feel like abandonment from friends and stuff like that. Um, I do try to just give space when I really know somebody's in a real bad place. Um, <clears throat> I have a good friend this week who just posted that her dad died. And I think a lot of people expect, well, you're in the grief world. You should be like giving her your link and offering for to help and whatever. And truthfully, if grief has taught me anything, it's that sitting back and just being the quiet support is what most people prefer. Um, It's not across the board. Everybody needs differently. And again, that's why communication is so key, because we all need different things. But often people want the quiet person in the back who's like, I am here for you. You let me know what you need and when. And then maybe you don't keep offering and shoving it down the throat. Maybe you're just the person who eventually will like swing by and drop off flowers or, you know, come over and help them clean or, you know, whatever it is. Hey, I'm at the school already. Can I pick up your kid or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like a little gesture here and there is wonderful. Because if you ask, what can I do for you anyway? Most people are just going to be like, they don't know. They don't know what they need. They don't know how you can support them. But the second you start telling them what they should do, it feels really icky. It's so hard to explain. And it's hard for people to know. How could they ever know that? Um, But so, yeah, I don't I don't suggest just pure abandonment of anybody who's in a bad space, bad energy, bad whatever. I say just be your best self and Try to see if you can bring out the best in them. And then for the cases where it really is like, oh no, like I just said, my friend just having a real bad day or dad died. Said, it's like bad, bad, bad. You don't just disappear on them. You just also respect what they're communicating what their needs are, or you are, you know, there to listen. <laughs> You're there to just agree it's the worst, you know? So in these ways, I mean, this isn't like, magic eraser guys there's no way to make all the bad energy in your world just disappear but this is in your control and it is a way in which you can alter those around you in a positive way so I love that because so often we feel victim to the other people around us I hear this a lot from people that I'm friends with about you know their husband not being supportive I'm not sure like do I need to get them out of my life or do it like can we solve or salvage this And I don't think that it's a matter of like, they're so bad that you need to walk away from a marriage. It's like, no, you need to reconnect with the part of them that you just fell in love with and the part that's great. And if you can get there and shine the light there and stop allowing their bad energy or lack of support or whatever it is to take you down a hole, like don't let that be. Be strong and resolute in like, I am in a great energy today. This is going to be a good day, period. And then if someone else is in kind of a funk, try to connect to that part of them. You're, you know, it's your person. It's your person. You know them. You know what's going to bring them into a great energy. And I mean, I do this in my friendships all the time. If somebody's getting kind of weird or cold or every time I see them, they seem like in a bad energy, I'm going to be sending them some stuff that's going to bring out a laugh because I know them, their personality enough to know what's going to make them rise up a little and feel good. They should feel good around you. Or what the heck kind of friend are you anyway? <laughs> right? Like you should be making your people feel good. And so I try to like, you know, I try to recognize that stuff. It's hard. There's a lot of people in your world. So like, you know, nobody can be like this all the time. But if there's certain people that you really just like, you know, you, you miss their great energy or you, you Like in the case of my kids here, like (laughs) I'm struggling. I know there's so many beautiful qualities in there and it's hard for the world to see it when all they're seeing is the disorganization, the chaos, the not listening and focusing. And it's like, oh, I don't want that to be the foot you're leading with and what people are, you know, because then people will start to not want to be around that. You know, a lot of people don't have these skills I'm talking about to be able to, you know work with the good stuff and bring out the best in you. And, and so you don't want to be cut off from other people's lives from being in this bad energy space. And I don't want people to look at my kid and think, like, there's no redeeming qualities in there because he's wonderful. So, you know, if I can affect it, you know, just by in my own way trying to really just stay focused on what's right instead of what's wrong, that glass can fill with so much more of the the good stuff, right? It's gonna be full one way or the other. Just remember that, your glass is always full. It's just a matter of what have you poured into it. Is it the good stuff or is it mostly like diluted garbage? <laughs> what a note to end on today, guys. <laughs> is your cup full of diluted garbage? <laughs> My cup today is full of good energy, and I hope some of it spilled over onto all of you. I'm so grateful to my listeners. Guys, don't forget, like, subscribe, follow, all the stuff, download, so you never miss an episode, and keep coming back. I'll see you next week.